I'm April West. And I'm Katherine Sigblad. We're both first-time moms who are passionate about following our intuition and not afraid to do things differently. To say we question everything is an understatement. If you find yourself analyzing ingredient labels, searching for holistic alternatives to pharmaceuticals and routine practices, and you're curious about all things baby wearing, bed sharing, and postpartum, you will feel right at home here. In this podcast, we fearlessly confront the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum industries, share our mom hacks, and never stop challenging the status quo. We simplify the approach to motherhood and trust in nature. We are moms off the record. Okay, welcome to another episode of Moms Off the Record. We have, I know we say this often, a very special guest, but this is so true. We have the person behind just the inserts on Instagram. And we also have to just say that you shared one of our earlier episodes. It was a two-part series on vaccines. And because you shared that, we skyrocketed. So we're so glad to have you here in real life and talk to you all about just the inserts and how to help our audience better understand where to find, how to navigate, all the things when it comes to package inserts. So thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to finally be putting my voice out there. And I did my first podcast interview a few months ago, and I was just waiting for negative feedback, and I never got any. So (laughs) it encouraged me to keep going. So thanks for having me. Yes. And for those in our audience who haven't heard this first episode that ever was recorded with just the inserts, we listened to it on the Boom Clap podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's a great story. We're going to try and take a, a little bit of a different angle so that we don't cover you know, duplicate topics, but go and listen to that if you haven't heard it already. So hi, Kat. Welcome. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's so awesome to have you here. It's so surreal. I feel like this has been a long time coming. And just want to say, too, in honor of upcoming Veterans Day, thank you very much for your service. We're very grateful. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I forget about that phase of my life so often, and it's not until I'm like at church or something, and they're they're like, "Okay, all the veterans stand up," and I kind of look around, and my husband's like, That's you. "Stand up." <laughs> How many years ago was it? Six, five or six years ago. Okay. So I was on. I did ROTC in college, yeah. and then I uh, commissioned, and I did five years. But my first assignment was the Pentagon. They wow. sent a second lieutenant to the Pentagon, wow. which. Yeah, bonkers. They totally. totally bonkers. So I saw behind the curtain early on, Ooh. and kind. Of, I was in finance and budget, so I like worked Whoa. all of that. And yeah, I just I feel like I got an entire career in just five years. So <laughs> speaking of seeing behind the curtain early on, that's something that's that tends to be a common denominator with many of our podcast guests is we always like to, you know, find out when exactly was it? Was it pre-COVID? Was it during the pandemic? Was it post-COVID? What were those moments that, you know, gave you that epiphany and had a wake-up call? So to the extent that you're comfortable sharing with our audience, 
Can you tell us a little bit about your why story? So why did you start Just the Inserts, the account? When did you start it? And why ultimately are you so passionate about sharing the inserts on your Instagram? I love this question. So if you listen to the Boom Clock podcast, I went, I think it took like 10 minutes to answer that question. So I'm not going to go as in depth. (laughs) So you don't have to skip ahead if you already heard that podcast. But basically, when I was active duty military, I was prescribed a pharmaceutical for any ailment I had. I remember um, I got a steroid cream for a stress rash on my face. I got um, oxycontin for I was in I fell off a tube, like a water tube, and I had a neck sprain and they gave me that. And so it was trial and error of realizing that they over medicate in the military. It's definitely very true. And after I did the Boom Clap podcast, I had so many military people in messages and say, you are right. Like it's a hundred percent true. You can get a pharmaceutical for anything in the military. Mm -hmm. So through my own health battle and my own health issues. I mean, I have shared before on social media that I've had, I've struggled with severe adult acne for a very long time, for about five years. I completely overhauled my diet. I overhauled all the products I was using. So I actually went the natural route or just looking at the products that we use as a consumer more towards like the food and product part, which is actually if you're familiar with what I do is kind of the just the alternatives part, I started in that realm. Mm. And it wasn't until later on that I started researching inserts. And it was because my daughter was injured by the vitamin K injection mm. after shortly after she was born and she was colic and oh, it's just, I feel for any parent that has to deal with a colic baby because it that is a whole different level of exhaustion mm-hmm. <laughs> and just mental exhaustion, physical exhaustion, emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. all the exhaustion. So it forced me to start researching and I started posting on my personal Instagram. I lost a lot of friends. Uh, I really only have, I thought about it recently, I really only have one or two friends um, from before that time. And that was mid-2019. So I was pre-COVID when I started researching Mm. all of this. But it was actually really interesting because I'm glad I did it beforehand. So then I could compare the environment now. Mm -hmm. And the environment now is so much more, there's so much more intellectual curiosity than there was before. Mm Before, it was very much, you are a conspiracy theorist, you're crazy, you're spreading misinformation. Um, And now it's a little bit more of, you know, I heard somebody had this reaction. I heard all this other stuff. I might have been exposed to a little bit more. My doctor finally read some inserts. Maybe there is more to it. So I think that there is a lot more openness Mm. um, into researching pharmaceuticals as a whole versus before 2020. I think 2020 opened a lot of people's eyes. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about the vitamin K shot and the injury that your daughter had. So first of all, how did you know, how were you able to correlate your daughter's symptoms and what you thought was an injury with the vitamin K shot? And I have my own vitamin K shot story too, but I want to hear that first. A doctor told me, an MD. They made the connection for me. Shocking. that they yeah, would admit right? that. Usually they <laughs> right? gaslight, right? Usually they're known for gaslighting yeah. you like, oh, that's not possible. There's no adverse right. reactions there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I I went through, 
I want to say four or five pediatricians and they did gaslight me for sure. I mean, they, they told me that she was just a baby and she cried, but I was a nanny in high school and college. And I know (laughs) I had four girls that I took care of as a nanny. I know what regular crying is and I know what not regular crying is, what painful crying is. And when I would breastfeed her, she would just be in digestive turmoil and I could just, I just knew, I knew it wasn't normal. And you get, I remember one time, one of the pediatricians just thought that I had postpartum depression and I'm like, no, my baby's hurting. Like I'm just trying to find, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed because nobody's helping me. I'm, I'm upset because nobody's helping me. So anyway, through a whole bunch of different friends of friends connection network. I found an MD and she is just amazing. And I drive about an hour and a half to see her. And she's still, she's still our doctor uh, for my daughter. And, you know, my daughter only got the vitamin K. That was the only thing that she got. And I remember pulling the insert after I talked with her. And I remember seeing the reactions that are known to be listed and known to be connected with vitamin K. Mm. And I got down on my knees and I praised God that I didn't have to deal with most of those reactions because they're fatal reactions. There's liver damage failure. There's kidney failure. There's blood abnormalities. There's so many more severe things Mm -hmm. that my daughter was protected from. And we still had a lot of issues, but it could have been a lot worse based on what the government and manufacturers know to be connected to the vitamin K injection. Mm-hmm. So I was actually very grateful. And when I read the insert, I was mad, of course. <laughs> but I was also very grateful, grateful too. Did you yeah. realize in that moment that like, did it click for you that the majority of doctors actually have never read an insert in their lives? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think through the last few years that I've been receiving messages from doctors and medical professionals, most of them only read the inserts when they themselves become parents That's or right. they themselves get diagnosed with a, a, a life-threatening disease or illness or cancer or something like that. That's when they read the inserts. And it's terrifying that a doctor would be prescribing a product for years and years and years and not read the insert mm. until they themselves become personally responsible. Now, there are pharmaceutical representatives that follow me, and a few of them have messaged me and said, medical professionals do read inserts when they are comparing two competitors. So (laughs) if there are two competitors in a specific preventative product, the pharmaceutical representatives will pull out parts of the insert, so studies or something like that, and say, this product is better than this product, but there's no conversation of, is the product best for the patient it's just this product is better than this product Um, so that's an interesting perspective that I've received from from some pharmaceutical reps wild so I have a question on this because you talked to you you said something in your boom clap episode which is how important it is to understand all of the components and Mm -hmm. how the we'll call it system operates so in layman's terms for our listeners Can you elaborate? So what are the component parts that we should be aware of when we think of when we present to a a provider and they make a recommendation for a pharmaceutical? What are all of the underpinning systems at play Mm -hmm. that our listeners should Mm -hmm. be aware of? We could have probably a 10-part series (laughs) to answer that question, (laughs) to be honest. For anyone just 
listening never really thought about this. The basic concept of all of this is informed consent. If you don't really care about informed consent, inserts aren't going to mean anything Mm -hmm. to you. And I think that's where a lot of people were like, well, why would you care about the inserts? Informed consent. That's that's the basic underpinning of all of this. And what informed consent is, is that a patient and parent, a patient or a parent, have um, all the information that they need to make a well-considered decision medically to accept, delay, or decline a medical product. So that's understanding potential adverse reactions, that's understanding the efficacy rates, that's understanding um, the ingredients, what is in that. We get told all the time that the Tdap is for pertussis, but a lot of pregnant women don't know that it's also for uh, tetanus and diphtheria. And diphtheria. Uh-huh. So you're getting three vaccines really instead of just one. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's understanding all of that. And really, I've said this before on social media, if every single person that followed me saw my posts and still accepted that product, I'd be happy because then they would be informed and they would limit the diagnostic confusion on if something were to happen, if they were to have an adverse reaction, they would first be observant of any potential adverse reactions and then they would expedite treatment. So they would get the informed consent that they needed. Mm -hmm. There's a few times I've been accused of being anti-vaccine or anti-this or anti-that. I'm like, no, if my entire audience was full of people that accepted medical products, I would be thrilled because then they would know they would be finally getting the informed consent that they need. I have a question about that. Yes. So... Right now, I'm focusing on a lot of like things that are binaries, like two things that can be true simultaneously, which might be hard for people to grapple with. For example, April and I, pretty admittedly, transparently, we are anti-vax for our families, for ourselves, for our babies. At the same time, like you, we're thrilled if someone actually takes the time to read things like the inserts. And if they go ahead and want to vaccinate after reading all the adverse reactions, that's way better than going into the decision blindly. So how do you reconcile with the fact that at the end of the day, we're all going to have personal biases? And we did an interview with Dr. Stu Fishbein of the Birthing Instincts podcast, and he Mm -hmm corrected me up front because I was like, you know, let's talk about unbiased information and unbiased practitioners. And he said, we all have biases. The difference is you have to be aware of your own personal biases. um, And Mm -hmm. that's the good thing. How do Mm -hmm. you just the inserts reconcile with the fact that probably you do have personal biases, for example, against the vitamin K shot, right? After watching what happened to Mm -hmm. your daughter, how do you grapple with that? And then presenting something like the vitamin K shot package insert and hearing that someone still moved forward with it. How do you deal with the two? So when I did the vitamin K insert, it was probably one of the first non-vaccine inserts that I did. Nobody knew that my daughter had been injured by the vitamin K. It was about a year later that I disclosed that information. And I received so many messages of, I had no idea. I had no idea that your daughter was injured because there was nothing that you presented in that insert or in that post that would sway one way or another. And I really did try to mm-hmm. present the information as cut and paste as I could. And and I do that uh, for most of the inserts that I do, most of the posts that I do, I copy and paste straight from the insert. I maybe underline things or I bold things. And that's more of because I've received messages or because I've seen inflammatory articles that say this cannot occur. Or I know that doctors have said, there's no way that there could be a connection from this. And so I'll bold like, hey, 
it's in the insert. There's a connection, mm-hmm. obviously, right here. So I'll bold those things, but a lot of the other times I don't, I don't interject or I don't put anything else. But I do agree, and I've said this many times before. I think it's personally impossible to be unbiased. Mm-hmm. I, um, I shared on the my first podcast interview that I sought self-proclaimed unbiased resources and it wasn't until afterward where I realized they were very biased and it's almost like an element of betrayal when someone says that they're unbiased and you find out later on oh there's naturally a bias there so I have never ever ever claimed that I'm unbiased because I think it's impossible I think it's genuinely impossible to do Um, but I do try my best because like I share in in my previous podcast I when I first started re- reading inserts and st- first started reading vaccines, I uh, I called my mom a crazy anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. She's the one who first <laughs> started sharing yeah. stuff with me. And we didn't talk for like really, truly, we had one word text, but we didn't really talk for months. And um, it just breaks my heart. Like she even came to the hospital where I was birthing my daughter and I didn't want to see her and she sat in the waiting room and that's just how fractured our relationship was because I was just so I thought she was crazy I thought yeah. she had jumped off the deep end so yeah. I I have a lot of grace for the people that that's right are just starting to research things because I was there and yeah. I know exactly what it feels like to be emotionally charged about something that you really don't know a lot about yes oh my gosh time stamp of the year I think so much of what you just said is true universally and specific to vaccines. It's such a hot button, such a controversial, and it shouldn't be, but it is because Mm -hmm. it is this divisive topic. But unfortunately you don't even think to consider this until you have Mm -hmm. personal experience or know someone who does. I Mm -hmm. was the kind of person who grew up with, all the CDC schedules. Like my mom even saved our immunization records and she couldn't wait to give them to us as adults. Like, look, I did everything right. And it's like, that's great. So I was never an anti-vaxxer, quote. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate that terminology too, but it wasn't until COVID. So you talked about this kind of intellectual curiosity, this healthy skepticism. It's not until COVID happened and you start to see these really strange things happening and you start to scratch your head and you're like, really? What's going on Mm -hmm. here? And so that for me was the genesis of like, well, maybe I should look into all of this as get pregnant and go into the birthing and my child Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But it's so sad that it takes an adverse event to trigger that Mm -hmm. skepticism. Oh yeah. For, for a lot of us, I think a lot of us that have been on this path, we've, we had to deal with it. And I'm, I'm an incredibly stubborn person. My husband will say that. I'm very, very, <laughs> very hard-headed. I, I have to learn the hard way for many things in my whole life. I've, I look back and I'm like, I, I was living life on hard mode for a lot of mm. things. And unfortunately, that's what happened with me. And, and because of my own personal health and my, my daughter's health, it forced me to go to the answer and go to the root problem and not stop playing with band-aid fixes and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in that cycle. I knew that from my military experience that there's a cycle of, you know, antibiotic and then skin issues and gut issues and then antibiotic and skin issues and gut issues. And I knew that that was already there. I knew that already existed. 
And so I was just learning about the vaccine cycle. And to answer your previous question, I actually did a training course. And that's what I was going to say earlier was I went did an entire training course to answer if anyone is just researching inserts or just learning about informed consent. I break down every single step and try to build that foundation for you to save you months and months and months of research that I had to find myself. And it's all cited from .gov information. And I I put all the links in there. It's all hyperlinked. So you can go verify the information. I don't want to replace your research. I want to streamline your research. I can't Mm -hmm. make the decisions for you, but I want to help you make those decisions. So to tie up what you were saying earlier. We should just make mention before we get to the end of this that just the inserts, obviously you have your Instagram presence. It's beautifully done. However, you're full free, like no Mm -hmm. gimmick, no email address needed to understand from the very beginning what is an insert, where do you go to find it on the .gov, and you explain a very thorough, it's audio, it's visual, it's in Spanish, so you have mm-hmm. this resource for our listeners who this is news to you. Just go to justtheinserts.com. You'll find it there. You don't need to give anything, which is such a beautiful gift that you're giving. Um, and Thank I think it's speaks to testimony, right? So you, it, it takes these really uncomfortable situations to, for us to realize our gifts that we can give to the world. And so this is just mm-hmm. also a very beautiful testimony. I know you're a believer. So thank you so much for providing that for, for all of us. And that's why I say uh, your misery becomes your ministry. There's so many times where I've gone through something and and I'm like, gosh, why did I go through that? Like, why did I endure that? Mostly it was my own fault, but (laughs) why did it, why God, why didn't you spare me? And then I realized, oh, it's because he's trying to use me to do something and to make a difference. And uh, it's just amazing looking back at all the things that happened. And even though um, my daughter paid the price for a lot of it, I learned I I learned late, but I also learned early. I learned late because she was injured, but I also learned early enough. She was only a few months old when I finally started researching all this. And so then I was able to make informed decisions for the rest of the vaccine schedule and for the rest of, you know, anything else. I mean, kids get sick. Kids get sick. It happens. You go out. She started preschool. It was funny. somebody, (laughs) Somebody messaged me and they're like, I didn't realize you were such a crunchy homeschool mom. I was like, well, my daughter goes to pre- preschool. <laughs> I don't know if you can call me a crunchy homeschool. Yeah. Maybe we'll one day, but yeah. she goes to preschool now. But, you know, you, kids go to preschool. They go to childcare and they get sick or they they sneeze and cough on each other. They're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really glad that I learned those skills to be able to know where to get the insert and know where to get quality information first. So then that has served me so many times, even just the first few years of her life. So I am yeah. I'm grateful for that. You know what? It makes me wonder, going back to what you said before too, like you just had, you used your maternal instincts to figure out that it was because of the vitamin K shot that your daughter was having these issues. And I wonder now how many moms out there are not making those associations between a vaccine and their child's reactions. And instead, they're treating the symptoms, right, instead of the root cause. And now they're on cycles and cycles of antibiotics. You know, mm-hmm. they're shuffling in and out of doctor's offices every week. How common do you think that is instead of your experience? Oh, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Um, I'm a part of a, a Bible study group for couples and our, you know, we get our kids together and we get a babysitter and the, you know, the babysitter's in the basement with the kids and we all do a Bible study. And this mom was telling me about how 
her son had his adenoids shaved because he had enlarged adenoids. And she's telling me all this, and I know the history of, you know, some of her her son's issues. And I'm just like, she is searching so hard for an answer that I know the answer to. But I also know that she's extreme. Like, I don't subscribe to the anti-Provax, like, verbiage, but she she truly is, like, I would say she's pro-pharmaceuticals. She is just very, her father, you know, grew up in a pharmaceutical company, and Mm. so she's from that world. And so she's just, I'm very cautious to say anything to her because I I don't think she's very receptive. I try to plant seeds here and there. But Mm -hmm. she's searching for answers, but it's like right in front of her face. Mm -hmm. And she's going to the the extremes of shaving her son's adenoids. Mm -hmm. So, So yes, I see it. I see it all the time with people going to these extremes to try to find the answers to their children's health and they're not finding it and that's why I said if if people accept these products at least they'll narrow down Mm -hmm. and also too another element of that and I think this really ties in with the 2020-21 craziness is that if somebody goes to an insert and they read all the adverse reactions and they see okay so most of the vaccine inserts say that there's limitations of effectiveness so there is no guarantee that if you get this vaccine that you're going to be protected Mm. if they understand that from the get-go mandates would be non-existent if if everybody understood that there is an element of risk then they would respect at least i would hope they would respect another person's decision to delay or decline that product and we probably wouldn't have had a lot of what we had if most people knew of inserts and read them. Um, and also, yes. too, the false dichotomy of uh, we heard constantly, you have to get the COVID shot or you're going to be put on a ventilator. You're going to be hospitalized. You're going to be put on a ventilator. You're going to die. Or you're going to kill grandma. Don't forget that Or one. you're going to kill grandma. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. but is that truly, do we only have two options? That's a false mm-hmm. dichotomy. If you get COVID, you can recover. If you get COVID, you might be hospitalized and you can recover. Or if grandma gets the COVID, like, but we have people in our family that like, they only have one lung and they got COVID and they were fine. They were totally fine. Everybody in the family was like, this person's going to die if he gets COVID. He got it and he was fine. And so it's, it's restructuring all of that. I like and the I think false that goes dichotomy. Into... That is such a helpful lesson. Like when things are presented as just two options, oftentimes there is a third, fourth, fifth option. They just don't want you to consider it. That's great. That's great. A hundred percent. And and I try to weave that in as well mm-hmm. in the training course. And that is why I did a post on the logical fallacies mm-hmm. and how a lot of this isn't just you reading the insert. It's what's the psychology behind it? Yes. What what are you accepting this product for? Are you accepting it because you're truly trying to prevent a disease? Do you even know what that disease is? Do you know the symptoms of that disease? Do you understand the complications of that disease? Prevalence, spread, all of this. Are are you doing it because you don't want to let someone down? Are you doing it because you don't want to deal with exemptions? Yes. Are you doing it because you think that your child will be singled out and called a weirdo? So it's first figuring out why are you doing it? What are your fears behind it? And then you can answer those questions yeah. and you can weed through it. And I tried to tackle all of that in the training. That's huge because it's not just the fear, but it's also this element of compliance. It's, mm-hmm. well, the authority tells me to do it. So I think that's why 
you 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 you've mentioned on the other podcast you get a lot of you know hurtful comments hateful comments this seems really controversial and it shouldn't because you're just sharing the dot gov facts from the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical manufacturers but if that's if that's simply what it is why is there such big drama around deciding actually that's not what's best for me or my family I think it's because there's this competing element of like, well, they say to do it, so I'm going to do what they say. But mm-hmm. to, for you to call out this psychology, like what a great point. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. what are the motivating factors within that psychology? Is it because of the authority? Is it because of the fear? Is it because of you know, inconvenience to do exemptions? That's a great point. Right. Too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's really a failure of public education. I mean, if you don't know that right. there's a National Vaccine Injury Act protecting manufacturers from liability, if you don't know that your state might have written into their law that you can do a medical or religious or philosophical exemption, if that's not advertised to you, how would you know to exercise those? How do you know that you even have a choice? I, I, I thought that vaccines were made by the CDC. I thought that originally I thought they were a government product. I didn't know that there was, I mean, it's funny you talk about the vaccine schedule. So I grew up, my parents were divorced when I was one and they were both active duty military. So I was ping ponging between them all the time and they lost my medical records almost every time. So I think I got for every one dose, I probably got two or three doses Whoa. because I remember, I still remember being in a in a clinic with my mom and them saying, oh, do you have her, her medical records? And I would go overseas a lot, both with my mom and my dad. And I remember her saying, no, they, they lost it. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just give her everything and catch her up. So oh. I've probably been like two to three times vaccinated, I oh, man. I, which makes which makes a lot of sense with the things that I have to deal with and the yes, things that I, my, skin. with my body. Yeah. Yes. And my, my, I just had a, I'm, I'm pregnant with my third right now. And <gasps> I just had a, oh, That's thank you. big news that you said so <laughs> casually. Wait, how far along are you? We love pregnancy. Uh, 22 weeks, <laughs> 20. You know, by the third, it's just like, I, I'm oh, halfway. No. I know I'm halfway. Bakers, you're halfway through. We, <laughs> yeah. we like do month I ranges, just watched Bake Off the other night. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I love Bake Off. My daughter's so into it. The other day she came over and she had like a block and she said, this is a cranberry crumble with a little bit of Madagascar vanilla drizzle oh on top. Oh, my gosh. Bougie. I, I want some. Like, I know. I know. It's, I love funny. Bake Off. It's funny. One of the first like personal Q and A's that I did, somebody asked my favorite TV show, and I said Bake Off or The Office. So but I only watch past, I only watch up to season six because it doesn't exist past that after <laughs> Steve Carell left. But <laughs> that's really funny you said that. Uh, oh yeah. So anyway, yeah, so I'm pregnant, and I had a midwife appointment the other week, and about eighty percent of the the midwife appointment was talking about my chronic stress levels and my adrenals. And the entire time I'm like, it's probably because I've been vaccinated (laughs) two or three times the normal amount of what people do. And then in the military, they just vaccinate you for everything. Um, so it's, it kind of goes to 
when people say, well, I was vaccinated, I'm fine. I'm like, where are you though? Yeah. Because you lost your hair and right. you have eczema and you have all these other things. Your body's speaking to you somehow. You just don't realize it. When people say they're fine, yes. like in response to, you know, anything that they did or didn't do, it's like the bar set so low. They think fine is equivalent to just like breathing, like existing mm. instead yeah. of like, yes. wow, that's cool. You're alive. You're not on your deathbed. But like, are you mm-hmm. thriving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are, are you right. just surviving? Now, okay, we have to ask you because also we are in the pregnancy and motherhood space. So now that we know you're mm-hmm. pregnant with your third, do you have <laughs> any, like, tell us your top two unnegotiable midwife interviewing questions because of your belief system and your values, especially around vaccines. Are there things you have to ask a midwife before you hire her? So for me, it would be what to you is a natural birth process Mm. and what is a physiological birth Mm -hmm. and when a midwife and I kind of play dumb a little bit with that but it's more of just discovering what do they see what is their definition of normal what is their definition of a long birth time Mm. what is their definition of overdue Um, is that 40 weeks in one day or is that 41 weeks or is that 42 weeks or so I typically ask that first and that answers a lot of questions for me up front of what does mm-hmm. what does their standard look like so that's the first one and then their second would be uh, it, it, it's more of a statement of me saying these are the things that I personally researched and I personally decline it's not in our medical profile to to do this it's not going to be in our medical protocol to do this are you okay with that what are your thoughts on that um do you have any reservations on that and I mean everyone that I've researched or that I interviewed I had a home birth with my son and I interviewed a few of them and they were all great uh, they were completely fine with everything that I wanted to do. But uh, mm. I actually, the midwife I have now is the same one that I had with my son. And so I didn't even have to ask her questions yeah, this time beautiful. around. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. That's she's, easy. Uh, what a relief. Oh, she's, <laughs> and she's like, she's also a naturopath. I, I was thinking the other day, I am very blessed with the medical team that I've, I mean, I have to, I have to drive about 45 minutes to go see her, but she herself, like she herself has, has birthed 11 children. Whoa. Wow. And, yeah. And, and like the whole spectrum of birth, she's had C-section, she's had V-back, she's had natural birth, she's had breech birth, like herself, she's physically birthed herself, almost every single type of birth. Right. So credibility <laughs> she's amazing. through wow. the Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then she's also been a midwife for like 20, 30 years. So she's like, given birth to or not you know she's helped assisted a birth um Mm -hmm. for hundreds and hundreds and then my birth assistant for my son she had 12 kids herself so they were just amazing now that's someone you want on your team can can i ask you a hypothetical question Sure. So I know I keep harping back on vitamin K, but I just have a super brief personal anecdote about vitamin K shot. And I want to ask you, what would you have done if you were in my shoes? All right. So I had home birth midwives and they were at the house and it came time to talk about the newborn shots and interventions. Right. And I had already done my research. I already knew I was going to decline all of them. So so they said, well, you know, most moms would decline hep B, da, da, da. And then most moms also decline erythromycin, uh, and I knew why you would decline it. But then we got to vitamin K, and they said, now with vitamin K, 
most moms, even if, if they're declining most things, they don't decline that one. Uh, there was a little bit of fear mongering too. Like I've seen VKDB. It's not a pretty sight. And then they said, well, there's virtually no risks with the shot. But the benefit is you can prevent VKDB, which is now they didn't cite the one in 11,000 or one in 10,000 or one in 16,000. They said it was like one in 1,000. So they did admit, oh, it's relatively low, the risk of getting it. But if they do get it, it's really not pretty to look at. I had in my binder, but I didn't have it like with me at the time, but I had the insert. And I didn't say anything because I felt like if I didn't have a physical like insert in front of me at the time to show them like, hey, I know there's risks that I would be told, well, where's the proof? And I didn't feel like going in a back and forth discussion with them. And as long as they were OK with respecting my wishes to decline it, regardless of their opinion, I was like, fine, let's just move on. But in hindsight, I wish I had pulled out the insert or showed them, you know, just the inserts your page. What do you think about home birth midwives telling their clients there's, quote, virtually no risks to the vitamin K shot? Is this informed consent? Oh, absolutely not. No. If you have a, a, a vitamin K synthetic injection on the in- it lists fatal reactions. There, there's no virtually no risk to that. I mean, it, it baffles me. Some of the stories that I hear, even from doctors, pharmaceuticals, of people saying, well, there's no risk. There's no, there's no way you could have a reaction to this. And, and I go through in my training how that is an inc- incredibly misinformed statement. Yes. And you want to talk about not doing your due process and, <laughs> and not providing informed consent. That's it, 110%. Yeah. Now, my advice, and this is me personal, this is my personal advice, when you're in a birth environment, there are there's such an integral play of hormones going on. Yes. And if there is even just a little, little hint of perceived shame or perceived judgment or perceived any kind of criticalness, your body will stop producing the hormones that it needs to progress labor naturally, mm-hmm. or it will inhibit your pain uh, suppressants. So you'll feel more pain basically, and it could potentially stop labor. So I have a good friend of mine. She switched midwives at like 30 something weeks because Mm. her midwife was kind of giving her bad vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Medwife. Exactly. And, and she switched and she's so happy she did. And she had a beautiful labor. Mm -hmm. And so I, my advice is that if you do have some kind of feeling like that, and you feel like that's Mm going to if that's going to be rooted and deep-seated or, you, you know, you just feel like that's going to be a part of the conversation after the fact. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and like even after birth, hormones are important for your for your breast production, for your uterus reduction, for your wound healing. I mean, you have a wound the size of your placenta in your uterus. Mm-hmm. There's so many important things that you need your hormones working at optimal. Mm-hmm. And if you feel in a perceived threat – actual perceived like those hormones are going to go crazy and wonky and they're not going to support the actual physiological process so my advice would have been and and i know it's kind of hard because 
pregnancy is exhausting, trying to find a midwife and a team is exhausting. But if you have any kind of inclination or you feel that you would be shamed or you feel that it would have been a volley back and forth and maybe it wouldn't have been as respectful as you liked, that might have actually been a gift to not go with them. I know. You're, and, you're absolutely find right. Another one. You are absolutely right. Yeah. The, the tricky thing is between the medicalized midwives, the ones who are referring to women as birthing people, and then the ones who are telling them that there's no risk to the vitamin K shot, it's like, this is why women are turning to free birth. I yeah. get it. I really yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. It's tricky. It's, it's so true because we know into, and like, I've, I'm rereading Ina May Gaskin mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, like what a wealth of information she is. Yes. I, I've read her every single pregnancy yeah. and every single pregnancy <laughs> I read her, I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is amazing. And it's so fascinating that doctors would go to her, like OBs mm-hmm. would go to her and ask advice because and she, I'm going to misquote her, but she says that most of these doctors have never seen a natural That's birth. Right. That's yeah. right. They don't know what it looks like. They're they have no trained. clue. Mm-mm. Right. So how can they support you and, and respect your decision because they've never seen it? It's completely yes. foreign to them. Such and a I want to go back to something too, because Kat, you had mentioned like your medwives said that there's no risk. And we also have talked about bias. But I want to go back to an earlier, earlier question about the component parts. Because when we look at those in isolation, we see how the bias is created and then passed through, right? So the manufacturers mm-hmm. have a bias because they are public companies, meaning they have to worry about profit margins. That's their number right, they one have shareholders. Drive, shareholder primacy. That's their number one driver. There's your bias. Then you have the pharmaceutical reps who are individual sellers. They have a personal agenda to increase their numbers, so they're selling to the providers in the area. The providers then get a kickback when they get a certain compliance level when they're sharing the pharmaceuticals. So, And then you come into the office and the doctors are like, well, <laughs> you're getting this shot because I have this bonus, I can get a kickback. And then you have to weave in insurance. There are so many elements. For us to say that this is not biased is completely false. And it starts all the way down. It's snowballing into. So you think that you're going to your provider getting informed and personalized care. And that's just Mm -hmm. not the case. Right? Well, and then also the CDC Foundation. And I did a post on this when I first had my first account. For those that don't know, I was deleted at 148,000 mm. followers in like September of 2021. And that's a whole nother story. Before I got deleted, I did a whole post on the CDC Foundation. And so parts of the CDC, a government entity that is funded by taxpayer dollars, is also funded by several pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. They receive funding through the CDC Foundation to do awareness campaigns, to uh, market to certain, like there's a huge reason why I wanted um, part of my training course in Spanish is because they are heavily targeted, heavily, heavily targeted um, by the CDC. And a lot of that funding comes from pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And it's all public information. You can go find it. It's a lot harder now since I've done that post. You have to go, you you have to click certain parts of their website to Uh, find it. But that's another part. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. another part. So you have, so when you walked into that doctor's office, like you said, there's a seven layer cake of, of biases that you're walking into that you have no idea. You don't, you don't know. And 
there are actually like I don't ever want to come to the stance of that all medical providers are evil because I know they're not because there are so many that come to me and message me and they say I've been shamed or silenced into submission I, I have hundreds of thousand dollars in medical debt mm. and I, I can't lose my practice or you know they're just stuck they're just really really stuck and a few of them get out of it and they're able to find creative ways to to you know provide for their family but most of them they say we have no freedom to diagnose a patient because the insurance companies give us an averaged out template of what needs to be prescribed to this person, no matter the specifics of that situation. Mm -hmm. This is what we're supposed to prescribe because of the insurance companies. And so it's just you have to understand the whole of it of why yes why there are so many pushes and pulls in so many different directions Mm -hmm. and it you kind of get stuck in this you only can accept this product that's That's the only answer in their mind because everything is funneling down it's like a sales funnel yeah (laughs) is funneling down into that decision bottom lines and their top line there's such little room for the patient Mm -hmm. To even be considered. And there's, I like in your training course how you are guiding them through the inserts and then also understanding contraindications. There mm-hmm. is not enough time built in our medical appointments for doctors to have A, read the insert, which is absolutely bonkers, and B, consider what the contraindications are for you as a specific patient. If you have right. X going on, this would be a really bad mix if you received this pharmaceutical. And unfortunately, that usually doesn't come up until after the fact when something crazy has happened. So many times I've gotten messages from someone where they say, I read this insert and it said that you can't take this drug. It's extremely fatal if you have this condition. I have this condition, yet my doctor prescribed it. And I'm like, think about it. Okay, that's horrible. That's so sad. But also think about it from a medical provider's stance. They're human. They have hundreds of patients, especially in the cities. It's just not humanly possible. It's not humanly possible to take every consideration of every single person and every insert and understand how the drug interacts with this drug and this drug interacts with this drug and the dosage levels. It's just, it's impossible in the health history. And a lot of times too, and 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 I think this is more like my natural realm coming in, but you know, doctors don't talk about nutrition because they're not trained yes. in nutrition. They don't talk about stress because they're not strained in how physiological stress, you know, affects your parasympathetic nervous system. They, right. they don't understand emotional stress. Like I was raised in an extremely uh, traumatic childhood when I was with my father. That plays into my adrenals. That plays into how I process things. It, it, it plays into my relationship with food. I have an extremely unhealthy relationship with food and through my whole life because of things that happened in my childhood. You can't, I can't go into that in a 15 minute doctor's appointment. That's right. There's just, it's impossible. It's impossible to do that. And so I think that's really, we're talking about the sales funnel. A lot of people now are starting to realize that it's a broken system yes. and it's starting to become very archaic and it's starting to become very dated and Profit obsolete. Driven. And so they're Yes, exactly. Because it's not giving you the solution that you need. And so, so many people are pulling away from that and going to different healthcare um, models Mm -hmm. and, and realizing that there's other options out there. And 
a few people have said, well, it's not covered by my insurance. And I'm like, oh, that's it won't how be. you know it's good. That's how you know it's <laughs> true root cause feeling. And we, we talked about that a little bit when we had Dr. Maddie Turner, my chiropractor on the podcast many months ago, is we need to shift away from this mentality of let me search by insurance to see which providers mm-hmm. will accept me. Let's reverse that and say, which providers don't take any insurance and which of them hold these philosophies because that's how I'm really going to get better and get to the root cause. For me, it's all about like if you have the means to do this, if you have the disposable income, instead of spending it on Uber Eats and all these things that you don't really need that add up, save that money. Go to acupuncturists, go to chiropractors who are not in any networks. Get therapy. Get therapy. Pay Mm -hmm. for cash out of pocket. I have learned so much more about how my body works and I found so much more healing with acupuncture and chiropractic than any MD and the thing the thing too that you said about you know having no training that's true or these MDs do have training and things like nutrition but it's so truly biased and inaccurate and outdated there's MDs Mm -hmm. who still believe that eating eggs still leads to heart disease they do not think mm-hmm. that eggs are good. That's something we were taught in the 80s and 90s. Or they'll tell mm-hmm. you, eat a fat-free diet. Their training is backwards. We need to stop mm-hmm. totally outsourcing our trust and authority to mm-hmm. these people who don't even read an insert that's one page long. It's truly outsourcing. And yes. that's truly what it is. And and my whole point to what I was saying before is that you have to be your best advocate. Yes. You are an expert in yourself, in your health history, in your mindset, and your kids, because you spend the most time with them. And uh, I believe that God has instilled an intuition in you yes. the second that you became pregnant and it grows with you in your pregnancy as you become a mother. I believe that's very natural. And so you have to take on that ownership. Yes. If you are personally responsible for a potential adverse reaction, you are automatically the authority figure to delay, accept, or decline a product. Not your doctor, not your friend, not a social media post, nobody else. (laughs) You are the authority. You can make that decision and have no shame or guilt about it. Yes. Take the ownership. The onus is on you, especially as mothers, to make best informed decisions for yourself and your family above all else. Mm -hmm. And we can take all of these opinions as inputs, but those Mm -hmm. should never be the decision making. And I just really want to, I really loved what you said. And I think we, we talk about physiologic birth a lot because that's like, at least for Kat and I, like that's our realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why, mm-hmm. that's the genesis of our podcast. But we have to think of physiology that goes beyond birth. And you said it of like how our illness manifests as a result of all of our physiology, which in- includes our mental and our emotional mm-hmm. health. It includes our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous systems. And there's unfortunately so many people who have become so disembodied that they Mm -hmm. don't recognize what their bodies are telling them. And we are such an overly medicated society, not just in our military, it's everywhere. And so we've Mm -hmm. been conditioned that when we have an illness, which is our body communicating to us, we say, how do I make that stop? I need to end these Mm -hmm. symptoms. And it's like, okay, well, if we end the symptoms, we're just shushing our body, but we're not listening to our body. 
100%. There was a podcast I listened to. It's the Just Ingredients podcast, which everyone always thinks that I'm the founder of Just Ingredients just because we both have Just in the name. I'm not. That's (laughs) a huge like compliment to me. I love her, but I'm not. But she had a woman on her name is Maria Marlowe, I believe. And she uh, talked about her, her acne journey is actually very similar to my acne journey where we got in our 20s. It was really bad. And uh, she went through a long list of medications, antibiotics, steroid creams, et cetera, et cetera. And she ended up finding healing through nutrition, uh, internal, nice. you know, addressing it internally and not just topically with, with ointments. And I, I did as well, but it took me longer. So she's smarter than I am, but she figured it out <laughs> sooner than I did. But she talks about how acne was actually a blessing for her because it was her body signaling to her that there was something wrong mm-hmm. and it was communicating to her. And a lot of people don't get those early warning signs or they ignore them or those warning signs are easily concealed. Mm-hmm. And so they ignore them yes. until it becomes, it forces them to address mm-hmm. their health and it becomes worse and worse and worse. And, and I've told this to my husband plenty of times that I don't think I would have really I think I would have just endured the pain if it hadn't been on my face. If the acne hadn't have been so visible, I like if I, if it was joint pain or lower back pain, like I probably would have just popped some Tylenol or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would have been fine with it and just lived off that. And I, but God knew that I needed something that was literally right on my face to get me to start researching things. And so I, I see it as a blessing now. I didn't for those five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember crying, crying, just mm-hmm. so ashamed of my face. But I'm mm-hmm. really glad that I went through that because it, it forced me to focus on a lot of things. And I think I would have had infertility issues. I would have had a lot more issues later on down the road if I hadn't addressed those early on. Absolutely. Right. And I think, too, another thing that people do is that they tend to say, well, this symptom runs in my family, so there's really nothing I can do. Like, this is just who I am. Instead of being like, well, maybe, like you're suggesting, this is because of something, you know, deeper that's going on. Let me get to that first instead of just brushing it off to, and I'm not saying with the acne, but anything someone has. Like, oh, my my mom has low back pain or this or that, you know? Or people Mm -hmm. normalize it. Um, Mm -hmm. And if someone like me, I've dealt with, chronic rosacea on and off for a decade and I still can't figure out why I get it it's like when it's on your face sometimes you don't even want to leave the house when you're having a big Mm flare-up and and then to talk about how that plays into your emotional health I just did an acne alternatives post on just the alternatives and a, a huge part of a symptom or a complication of acne is depression mm-hmm. and it's your self-esteem and how it just completely obliterates Mm -hmm. any self-confidence that you have and then what does that do Mm -hmm. it affects your mental state and there's the gut brain axis and now they've realized that it's actually a gut brain skin axis Mm -hmm. and or yeah so so now what is going on your brain affects your gut which affects your skin and it's just this horrible 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 cycle and I just, oh man, I read some of these inserts and I see acne listed as an adverse reaction and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that kills me because when you read an adverse reaction, it's not just those black and white letters on the insert. There's so much more, like there's a complication to the complication to the complication and there could be other things that manifest because of what you are going through or, you know, some people, they'll get messages all the time of, 
I, I went, I searched your website. I, my son has psoriasis or has something like that, but I couldn't find it listed on any answer. And I, then I go back and say, okay, well, what causes psoriasis or what causes this lupus or whatever you're looking for? Maybe there's a connection there. Mm. Maybe something has led you, led, you know, your son or your daughter down that road. And, and I'm not trying to diagnose anyone because I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> Nothing that I give is medical advice, but to at least, Consider. go down that rabbit hole and see if it's an option or not and yes. and bring it to your doctor and say hey my son had this he developed a reaction maybe months weeks years later or something could there have been connection because of this reaction now yeah. some doctors will say no Absolutely some people will say not. yeah <laughs> never we've never seen it it's yeah. an impossibility yeah. but you know, maybe you can find an acupuncturist or yes. maybe you can find somebody else that will realize that the whole body yes. is connected and there's yep. not just eyes, nose, and mouth. There's not just your foot. That's there's right. not just this. And that was going to be my next yeah. point is like that illuminates such a big problem of how our medical system is broken because our practitioners have such a siloed piece of education. They're so yes. focused on one category that they don't have that holistic body mm-hmm. visibility and seeing the body as a whole ecosystem. They're so well studied on the one part. So, oh, yeah. and that would take an incredible amount of humility for them to surrender the ego and say, actually, I hadn't thought about that. So. Right. Well, and think of the patient, right? So if you're dealing with an autoimmune disorder, you're you're dealing with something that affects your whole body. So you go to a specialist and then they give you their specialized advice. <laughs> and then you go to another specialist and they give their specialized advice. They might contradict, they might not, but a lot of the times they don't talk to each other. And then mm-hmm. you get you develop a reaction, so you have to go to another specialist. That's exhausting. And especially and if you're a parent. Ex- yes. So we're talking, you know, we talk a lot about um, like going the insurance free route or going some somewhere that's not outside of your insurance. But if you think about it, in the long term, you're actually save- potentially saving money. Yes, you are. Going outside of your insurance because now you're not in that cycle, mm-hmm. hopefully. It, that, that, that's the goal. You're not in that cycle. And you're getting the root problem addressed and someone that understands the body as a whole not just these specialized people and trying to all the extra stress of trying to coordinate childcare, trying to coordinate all the doctor schedules and you know you miss something because you're sick and then you get charged a late fee and all this there's Mm. so much that goes into it it's not as easy as people think such a good Mm -hmm. point and if you have any of these skin issues or acne and like I said I can empathize I've had acne rosacea if you go to even the smartest MD the a dermatologist let's say he went to an Ivy League MD school okay and he's the best in the country or she's the best in the country what are they probably going to prescribe you doxycycline accutane Mm -hmm. birth control with, with your OB Top, topicals that have a whole crazy list of side effects and they're never, ever, ever going to address the root cause and you're just going to be hooked on medications for a whole lifetime. Woohoo, That's my right. insurance covers it. I only paid $10 out of pocket. Is it really worth it for all those side yeah. effects? Yeah. Well, and then, you know, if it causes more and more complications then potentially you have surgeries to look at, you have potential. I mean, a lot of these products haven't been tested for um, cancer-causing issues so there's and I'm not I'm not trying to persuade anyone to go one way or another it's just I'm I'm encouraging people to think of the whole picture and not to just think of it I can't remember where I heard this but somebody was talking about how it's acute care they they treat everything acutely they don't look at it 
the whole picture. Right. It's it's very hard to look at like your lifetime. And <laughs> and a lot of the inserts will say delayed reactions are possible and the CDC says that unique or what is it? rare or delayed reactions may not be identified until millions of people get this product. So a few people have asked me about the new RSV products that just Oof. got voted on and they're on the market. I'm not going to do a post yet because the inserts bear the yeah. adverse reaction section, there's, I don't even think there's a post-marketing adverse reaction section because if you're accepting that product, you're the uncontrolled test subject that's, that's right. going to populate that yeah, section no, for you. me. Yeah, exactly. No and then, here. <laughs> well, and also like for the longest time, all the TTAP inserts, they said that there weren't any studies on pregnant women. Well, they just updated, updated it, Adacel and Boostrix. They just updated it. I want to say this summer, you go and you read it and it says, okay, well, you still need to register for the pregnancy registry if you accept this product because that tells me there's not a lot of research on it. And then they do say for the research that has been done, <laughs> I laughed so hard when I read this because I had to, I was going to cry. It said it gave the uh, national rate for miscarriage and birth defect. And then it said women that receive this product are in line with the average birth defect oh. and miscarriage rate. And it was almost as if they were like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> no, that's not great. No. If you're saying that they're in line, if if you really want to market a product, you say that you're below the national rate, right. not that you're at the national oh, rate. Smart. And then the section under that, it says that it hasn't been tested for mutagenic, carcinogenic um, effects. So yeah. you're still at risk. And then you scroll even further down and it talks about the mechanism of action. And it talks about how pertussis, the metric to... Uh, discern if that product provides immunity for pertussis is unknown so i was trying to explain this to my husband and i was like okay so it's like if you go to get your state inspection for your car and they fail you and you say okay well what can i do you know what did i fail on and they say well we don't know the metric yeah but you failed (laughs) okay well how do you know if i failed or exactly exactly there's no metric so how do you know if it actually provides protection or not and the whole reason why a pregnant woman would get tdap is to provide pertussis protection to the infant because supposedly they're not allowed to get dtap until i think two months old and then by the way sids is listed as an adverse reaction to the dtap mm-hmm. vaccine which is never told to pregnant oh women my gosh. but then at the same time it's like okay so if you don't know the metric for protection of pertussis how do you know that a pregnant woman would pass on that immunity to the baby when the the metric of immunity is unknown that's right i was just having a conversation with a girlfriend who she is like us kind of crunchy mom uh, physiologic mom i should say let's let's not say mm-hmm. crunchy and she just had a baby weeks ago and at first she was not open to to bed sharing and then she had her baby and she's like okay i get it now and so she's bed sharing and so anyway the evolution is can he sleep on his stomach and i was like well anecdotally my daughter slept on her stomach from the jump and there mm-hmm. are some studies that suggest that it can cause SIDS, and that was her big concern. And I was like, but when you think about SIDS, <laughs> we have to look at the whole host of things that can contribute to SIDS. And if we think about sleeping with our babies contributing to SIDS compared to injecting our babies with these known crazy neurotoxic adjuvants, like, so 
take it with a grain of salt when anything talks about like SIDS. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go back to what are we putting into our newborn baby's bodies, right? Yes, so. and I distinctly remember when my mom and I were still at odds. I had gotten the halo bassinet, and I was, uh, she had come over, and we were still like kind of cold to each other. Mm. And I was showing her this bassinet by my bed and I was like, you know, it's really good not to co-sleep because the baby needs to be by themselves because I could suffocate her. So I got this bassinet, you know, to prevent SIDS. And I remember her saying, well, vaccines cause SIDS. And I remember looking at her and just being so offended. Like, why would you say that? Why would you say like, you're so crazy. And that's actually one of the reasons why I went to look at the DTAP insert and I saw SIDS listed. And for anyone that's reading, I have this all linked on the website. It's .gov. It's from the FDA website. This isn't anecdotal. This isn't me coming up with anything. This is actually from the FDA. And so I remember just, but still, I still had that reaction of, why would you bring that up? Like, mm-hmm. why would you even bring up vaccines? Vaccines are meant to protect and provide immunity. Yeah. Like, how could they prov- how could they kill someone? And and then I came across. I'm sure you guys know Evie's story of uh, justice for Evie. She her daughter died of SIDS, and she has a campaign Familiar, and, yes. a, and a, a awareness campaign and and everything. And she is just I understand why she's gung ho because if my baby died, I'd probably be the same way. Yeah. Um, but even even just to say like. Why is that not even discussed nope. for... Sorry, my mom's FaceTiming me. <laughs> ah, <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah, she's watching my kids for me. So why is that not even discussed? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that not even... You would think with all the black box warnings that every other medication has, like when you get Accutane, you have to sign a form saying that you'll be on two forms of contraceptive birth control. Like, so why is that not a part of the informed consent process mm-hmm. for every parent that accepts DTAP. So I have a question because I know we're approaching time. And it, it comes back to your kind of instinctual reaction to your mom when she's talked about SIDS. Why? How has it become so effective that we have this inherent trust in these pharmaceuticals we actually know nothing about? Do you think this is just good old-fashioned deep programming do you think this is marketing? You know, we get inundated with commercials all day about like these happy people frolicking in the fields because they're, you know, obese and now they have a, a new medication that helps them be less obese, whatever. How? Why? Why do we have this inherent trust in these products that we know nothing about? Because all of the information has been cherry picked for you, all the information that you've been given either through culture or doctors, has been cherry-picked. It's, it's information that's on the inserts, but it's not all the information. And that's why it has to be on you. The onus has to be on you to find all of the information that you need. And a few people have asked me why I was deleted if I was only sharing of information. And I went to the Facebook Rules of Engagement, Community Rules, and it's any information, even if it's from a credible, credible source, any information that could potentially contribute to vaccine hesitancy is not allowed. This is why we were censored so often too early on, even though we were posting stuff from the CDC. I can't believe I, that's blatantly in the rules though. Good for you it's for even in looking. The, and I, <laughs> right, exactly. I found it. I found it and I linked it. I have a, a, if you go onto my website and you search silence by Instagram, I have it all linked there. And then NPR did an article, uh, gosh, I, I want to say it was like 2015 or something. It was it was a while ago. 
and they were talking about how there was a government-funded program to encourage people to read inserts, basically what I'm doing, Mm. basically everything that I'm doing. But it was scrapped because it encouraged vaccine hesitancy. Wow. And so that's why. The bottom line, y'all, dollars and cents, dollars and cents. Speaking of dollars and cents, and I know we're coming up on time soon, but I've really been thinking about this a lot because my husband is Swedish. I have family in Europe. And as you know, pretty much every single country has their own vaccine schedule, although none of them come near to how bad ours is. And when I say bad, I mean how many doses a kid is getting by the time they're 18. Mm -hmm. Now, in Sweden, for example... The medical care is socialized, right? So all taxpayer dollars go towards free health care. It's not really free. You fund it for yourself, but there is no private pay. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that there's some um, sinister ulterior motives, you know, financially with pharmaceutical companies in the U.S. But what about for socialized countries like Sweden, where there really aren't to my knowledge, unless I'm being naive here, you know, doctors are incentivized very differently. Everybody gets their salary no matter what they're prescribing or not prescribing. So they're not incentivized the same way. So how do we reconcile that with the vaccine schedule in countries like, you know, the Scandinavian countries? Yeah, that's a good question. And I I think that I remember being, I can't remember when it, what comment or what post it was, but someone said, this is why we need to go to a socialized system. And for me, my background's in business. And so I have some awareness of different um, currency setups and setups in different countries. I actually don't think we have a true capitalist uh, structure when it comes to pharmaceuticals because so many of the pharmaceuticals are subsidized by government funds especially the vaccine injury compensation program that is all funded by taxpayers on so, the vaccines themselves on the vaccines themselves <laughs> right and it's it's by how many vaccines are in your vaccines so the excise tax for Pdap is going to be more than if you just get polio because it's by it's not just a injection it's by the vac- how many vaccines are yeah, in that vaccine mm-hmm. so i don't really think that we are truly capitalist if you go by the definition right i think great answer i think the pharmaceuticals are very socialized wow (laughs) so i can't speak on the intricacies of sweden i can't speak i get i I have people all over the world that follow me and i appreciate i love them so much but i can't serve them because i don't understand that medical system i don't understand like that healthcare system but i do know my healthcare system and i do know that it's not as it seems Mm -hmm. and that's the best answer I can give for that. I like that a lot. Okay, so to end, you mentioned just the alternatives and call me naive, but this is news to me. So I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm imagining that just the alternatives is, okay, if people are truly informed, they're going to start declining a lot of these medical pharmaceutical interventions. And so you've now spun off a page educating on natural remedies. Yes. So the first two years that I ran this account, anybody that asked me, um, even messages of I'm contraindicated for this medication, what are my alternatives? So these are people that truly cannot have this medication. What alternatives do they have? And a big proponent of that was Rogam. If you're contraindicated for an immune, a blood product, what are your options? And I would ignore those messages because I didn't want to seem biased. I didn't want to feel like I was 
putting my perspective on things into the equation. So I stayed quiet for about two years and then I got deleted and I took eight months off Instagram to, you know, have a baby (laughs) and be postpartum and just to like deal with my adrenals and my chronic stress levels. And then when I came back, I, I started getting more and more messages of people like, okay, what's the alternative for this? What do I do for this? I decided to decline. What are my options? If you go on Google, everything says that this is the only option. There's no other option for you to do. And so I started doing alternatives or just recommending things for people to research, um, to say the these are your other options that you should take the same energy that you take with a pharmaceutical into these other products as well because there are natural products that are contraindicated for people and that you need to be aware of those and so i started doing that and then i realized that i was mixing the two together and so i created another instagram account called just the alternatives and then i started doing gift guides or product guides and a lot of them have alternatives like what's your alternative if you're on birth control for pcos but you don't want to be on birth control anymore what are your alternatives if if you're dealing with alopecia or like hair loss what are your alternatives to some of these other things and so i have tried to provide a resource for people that are declining products and that's really for them. If you accept a pharmaceutical, it doesn't mean that that's your only option either. Like you can have complementary things that you do that could help you could do along with them. And I think more and more doctors when they talk about like alternatives, they don't really see it as alternatives, they see it as what is it complementary uh medicine and so that they're they're like okay yeah yoga's good meditation's good all these other things you can do chiropractic sure you can do that too so even if you do accept products still go through that instagram account and go through those resources because it might be something that can help you in your journey and maybe maybe help with any adverse reactions that might happen from the pharmaceuticals so that's really why i went that route and i wanted to keep it separated Mm. just so the inserts was just the inserts and the alternatives was if you're interested you can go to this part and you can access that information if you want it i think this is one of the most important episodes we've had (laughs) yeah seriously it's so informative and simple i can sense that you're not trying to push the bias that you do have on in your pages and i think that is so rare like kat and i talk about this all the time of how do we not <laughs> flood people with what we want to see? And we have to realize, like you said, it, you were once there. So you have to mm-hmm. extend that grace as if you recognize that you were just there weeks, months, years mm-hmm. ago. So thank yeah. you. Because really it comes down to I don't ever want anyone to do anything because of me or because of an Instagram account. I want them to do it because they decided to do it. And they had the education and power. Mm-hmm. Yes, they felt educated and empowered to make their decision because that's that's really what I'm here for. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm selling. I always say on social media, everyone that puts anything out on the internet is selling something, either a product, a lifestyle, or a cause, and I'm selling informed consent. That's what I want. That's great. Brilliant. We Love need that. more of that. That is Tag for sure. Line. Now, aside <laughs> from at just the inserts, and we're going to put all these links in our episode notes. So yeah, if you're not already following just the inserts, please go ahead, follow just the inserts on Instagram, just the alternatives. You have your website, you have your courses. Is there anything else you have going on? And is there anything that you have going on in the near future that you can hint to? 
So I've wanted to write a book for years now. <laughs> years. It's been my goal to write a book. And I actually have two almost done. <gasps> so that is probably the next thing that I'm trying to finish up on. I'm just taking my sweet time on which path I want to go to. Is the publishing world, man, that is, that's a crazy Another world. broken system. <laughs> Oh my god. Captured by big publisher. I will okay, real quick, I know that we're running out of time, but I went to my public library because, you know, free books. And I went and I was looking through like the parent section and the health section and it was just all like truly, truly biased. And I was telling my friend that I took there was this one book and it was called Anti Vaxxer and it was about like all of the misinformation of anti vaxxers. And I've perpetually checked it out just to keep it out of the library. But I um (laughs) I went and asked because I was actually looking for safe infant sleep about co-sleeping because I had it I lent it to someone yeah and I don't have it and so I just wanted to rent it because I didn't want to bug my friend to get it back and I asked the librarian do you have this I can't find it and they're like oh well that's a that's an independent publisher and we can't get that book and so here you have all of these books very slanted one way for people who might not necessarily be in the income bracket where they can buy a whole bunch of books themselves this is all the information that they have. And and at least I live outside a major city. Most of the people in the public library are immigrants or people that might not necessarily know all the options that they have, you know, in America that they can go to. This is all they have. And so, yes, the publishing world is a whole nother world that I'm taking my 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 sweet time going through. But a book is is on the horizon. And actually, um, I know I've said all the time that I'm not a podcast person, but I'm quickly becoming a podcast person. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, right? Exactly. It's great. It is, it is, it is. I actually do enjoy it. I pop in my headphones, listen to listen while I do chores. But I do plan on having a just the insert podcast, but it'll it won't be like a traditional podcast like this podcast. It'll be more basically taking everything that's on the website and making it auditory friendly. And that way it's easier for people. I'm a very visual learner, but obviously there's people that prefer to listen instead of see. And so I want to capture that market as well and just not be relying upon Instagram anymore. I don't want to be, (laughs) I don't want that to be my only source of communication to people. Very smart. Yes. Putting your eggs in multiple baskets. This is so exciting. Oh, wow. I'm so grateful. And honestly, I'm, I don't have a word to say it other than I recognize and appreciate your humility so much. Like the fact that you just said that you don't want to bug your friend to get your book back. So you're going to a library to find the book. I, I like it's a beautiful Christian value that comes through. And I just want to applaud you for that. Because it's so uh, unique. That's not my natural way. I just want to say that. <laughs> it's coming through. That is not, that the Lord that is, is helping you with it. God has been working in me yeah, it's, it's <laughs> for amazing. a very long time. That is not my natural way of doing things. And my it was funny when my husband listened to the first podcast. He's like, yeah, you definitely are not naturally like that. I'm like, oh, well, uh, thanks for the support, thanks. babe. <laughs> like, thanks, honey. <laughs> that, is, that is God working through me. That's amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Any closing yeah. thoughts or statements from you, Kat, or? No, I mean, I think we covered so much. Of course, we three could go on for days and days about these subjects, but this was mm-hmm. an amazing first conversation yeah. on the inserts, informed yeah. consent, thinking critically, right? Going against the mainstream, pretty much all of our values So yeah. that you espouse. 
Thank yeah. you so much for being on our podcast. We are just yes. absolutely thrilled to have you here. And we cannot wait for our listeners to tune in. So good. Yay. So good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hello, listeners. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to Moms Off the Record. It's thanks to you that we have such a loyal and growing community of like-minded moms, and your support means the world to us. There are countless complimentary ways to show your support, such as leaving us a written review on Apple Podcasts, a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you use to listen to MOTR, and sharing a favorite episode or Instagram post across your social channels and directly with your network. Anything to help us boost our algorithm to reach more moms like us. Additionally, you can help to support our efforts to bring you the highest quality, uncensored, and in-demand content by making a financial contribution. Head to momsofftherecordpod.com and click support us in the drop-down menu. Truly, even $5 goes such a long way. Also, be sure to check out our affiliate codes, which you can find in our Instagram story highlights and on our website at the top of the resources tab for discounts across some of our favorite brands. These products and services have been carefully vetted by Kat and I, and we cannot imagine living our crunchy mom lifestyle without them. Your support goes such a long way, and we cannot thank you enough. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can also follow us at Moms Off the Record Pod on Instagram or send us an email at momsofftherecordpod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We love to engage with you. And though we may have our hands full, we do read every single message. Until next time, mamas.